You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurry.com. Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Good evening, brothers and sisters, body of Christ. This is David Murray with Deal for Your House. Uh, I am here joined with Dorothy uh, Carruthers on um, the portal. Blog Talk Radio. Dorothy, how are we doing tonight? We are hanging in there. You're surviving this nor'easter, this March nor'easter? Yes, I am. It's finally back down some here. So. It's funny because uh, at Fellowship last week, we were just joking around, uh, those of us that love um, snowstorms and the warm weather, we said we just need one more last uh, storm for the season. So the fellowship was divided on whether or not we should have one. So I got my wish. I, I had a ton of fun out. I was out there today um, on the roads and, and helping out a little bit. And, and um, I had a blast. Anyway, I know you don't look at it the same way as me, Dorothy, but you're hunkered in. I am actually <laughs> broadcasting uh, through the phone without power, without electricity. So I am in a little corner of our room and uh, moving by flashlight. And tonight, I am very excited. I have a dear, dear old friend, brother in the Lord of mine. He is like a brother with me, uh, to me in, uh, in every way imaginable, Chris Catania. And Chris is going to be talking about uh, just how much the Lord delights in us. And what that means, he's going to be sharing some of his journey. He's going to be sharing some insights from the Lord. And uh, I'm just very excited. Chris, are you, are you with us? Am I broadcasting Okay. I am with you, and you sound great. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, why don't you take a moment and uh, tell us, tell our audience a little bit about uh, about yourself, about your journey. Let's let's get into um, what it is that the Lord's placed on your heart for tonight. Sure, sounds great. First, though, I want to just thank Dorothy for your participation and what God has called you to, uh, you know, just participate with Him and spread the good news of, of his love and joy through uh, internet radio and, and, and this, this vehicle. So I just want to say thank you for having me on tonight. And David, um, man, we go back many years now. And uh, for those uh, listening uh, live or later on, um, the best way I can explain David and, and my uh, relationship comes from 1 Samuel 18.1. And it said, after David spoke with Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit with David. And um, that's our close bond that we have, David. And uh, what a joy it's been to journey with you and uh, go through all the hills and the valleys and uh, tripped up here and there and on smooth ground here and just all through it all together with you. So it's just been such a blessing and an honor. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for your faithfulness to all the uh, wonderful things that you share with the body. It's always such a blessing. You're always so freeing. 
and um, you're always so safe, and which is really just a wonderful thing because you can bring anything to you, and there's no judgment, just freedom, and how you point people to Christ and in His love, and how all the answers are found in Him. And I just want to thank you for your your friendship and your faithfulness to our Father. So, just want to say thank you for that. Chris, it's it's an honor. It's an honor to um, to walk through this this crazy journey with you. Um, it's like a my goodness, was it pushing 20 years now? It's like a blink of an eye, and um, it, it it's an honor. It's a blessing, and um, thank you for those sincere words, and none of them fall to the ground. I hold them very dear, as you are so dear to me, and I'm just so excited that uh, the Lord placed you in my path and, and did knit us the way he did because, um, as we've said many, many years ago, we all have a story. We all have a place. We're all called to be elders. And the Lord is beginning to open up that time in you. So I, I am, for, for the sake of the audience, for the sake of the brothers and sisters that do not know Chris, and I suspect uh, vast majority will not, um, Chris has a lot of insights and things to share. And he is right in fulfillment of what the Lord has been prophesying and sharing and speaking, that you're going to begin hearing about people that have a depth and a relationship and an intimacy and move in the power of Father's heart that we're saying, where did this person come from? I never heard of the, these people. And that's what Father's doing in this hour and bringing forth so that the body of Christ can be nourished and we can all move into maturity and healing. So, Chris, I am honored. Uh, thank you for accepting the invitation to come on here. And uh, go ahead. Let's take it away, brother. Sounds good. Well, let's, uh, let me warn everybody first. I'm a crier. <laughs> and at times I get choked up. So if you hear a little pause in my... <laughs> In my message, it's just me trying to <laughs> regain myself. Um, I just find it never gets old. I'll share something and just something, I just weep, and I just can't hold back from just the joy that I've, from my journey and where I've come from to where I am today. And I'm going to actually go into some of that journey tonight, um, you know, where I was in all those dark places and then how I've been set free and how I have enjoyed just such release when understanding and having revelation and experience of the father's delight in us. And wow, just changed me. So I just wanted to prepare everybody on that. And I'd never spoken on like this kind of platform before. It's not that I speak a lot, but the few times that I've spoken, I've gotten to, you know, look at faces and look at the eyes. And so this is different because I see my reflection and, you know, I'm 44 now, and I'm not aging well, so I don't really like the reflection I see right now. So I'm going to turn myself a little bit, uh, but it's all good. And uh, Amen. But, you know, um, <laughs> um, I, I tell you, I um, I spoke um, a couple weeks back um, at the end, actually over a month ago. Now it was at the end of January. Um, I, I, I attend uh, a smaller type of fellowship, and um, uh, Pastor Pete, great great guy, and um, he runs a, a really nice fellowship, real freeing place over there. And every last Sunday of every month, they do like a friends and family type of atmosphere where you hear a message, and everybody hangs out, eats, fellowships, and it's just a fun time. Well, he asked me to share my story um, that last Sunday of, um, of January and I was just so excited because I really haven't spoken in a long time and um, I really was honored to be able to share my story and 
you know, I enjoyed myself so much. I was like relaxed and just having a good time. And then just to hear some of the people were maybe like inspired by something I said or something. And I wasn't there to try to, you know, I was just there to just share my heart of God's love and what he's done in me. And it was effective to some people that were there. And I said, wow, Lord, I'd really love to do this again. I'd really love to, you know, kind of share. And, and that's when I, um, we ran into each other in Costco and, and I was selling that to you and you're like, Hey, well, I got your next gig. <laughs> come on, come that's on the airways with me. So, and here I am getting an opportunity to share. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to start stepping out to share my message, not because I think my message is going to change the world, but it's, it's a message how Jesus changed my world. <laughs> and maybe somebody can take something away from how the Lord has just blessed me and favored me and graced me and allowed me to see who I truly was, <laughs> you know, and I know I still have so many more levels to go, but I am so appreciative of the level on that because where my story began and where I am now um, is, is really just quite amazing. You know, I was thinking to myself today as I was at work, I said, you know, who, when I go to heaven, who, who would I, like want to meet, like what's one guy that I just want to say, Hey, let's, let's, let's go hang and, and chat. And, uh, and it's somebody that I bet doesn't get <laughs> the, the, the invitation to hang out with. And that's a doubting Thomas. And the reason I just laugh because when I read the Bible and I come across those parts with Thomas, I can just relate so much to him in the way that when he was, they were supposed to go to Judea and Lazarus is going to be raised. And there's Jesus saying, knowing that there's trouble there because they did not want Jesus coming there. And Jesus is like, it's time to go to Judea. And, and, and Lazarus is, I mean, um, Thomas is like, uh, great, let's all go so we can be killed, you know, and I can relate because I've had that relationship with God where he'll call me to do something or, he put something on my heart, and then my first response is like, "Like, are, are that's a joke, right, Lord? Like, you know, like, so I can relate with him." And then, you know, um, him when Jesus was resurrected, he <laughs> saw his brothers there, right, and the disciples are saying, "Hey, the Lord is back; he's here." And Thomas is like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm not believing until I put my finger." <laughs> in his holes, in his hands, and in his side, right? And, and then what does Jesus do? Show up. Hey, Thomas, get on over here. I want to show you something. Like, just freeing, no condemnation, just fun in helping Thomas to say, listen, you know, I know where you're at. And I can relate with that because I've kicked so many times against God's leading or God's spirit or his call for me. And I felt like Moses part of my life because I would just go out and hide out because I was either fearful, shameful, and I didn't understand certain things about God that in the past few years, like, it's just been amazing of what has started to open up in me and, and ways that I, I could never have imagined. And, you know, I was kind of like felt bad in a way because you know, I've been walking with the Lord for, you know, 
a good number of years now. And I'm like, man, I should be so much further. But on the other end, it's like, you know, I'm, but I'm here and it's okay. It took me a little longer in my progress to get some truths because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty like, you know, like a quiet guy and, and, and really respectful and patient with people. But I got a little stubborn side to me, you know what I'm saying? And I got a little bit of a thick skull. You can ask my wife, she'll tell you. And, and it took a little breaking of the Lord <laughs> to get through to me and get into my heart and my being to show me something is that Chris, man, I delight in you and you can't add or take away from it, but let me get in there. And so it took a little extra couple of years on my part to get, let God in there. But I wanted to kind of, you know, since it's kind of like my first time talking and I, I'm sure you have uh, a usual audience, I, I was hoping just to kind of share my story because my story um, deals with a lot of darkness and it deals with a lot of um, drugs and, and alcohol and, and uh, almost a, a suicidal situation in my life. You know, I was brought up um, in Somers, New York, and, and, and I had loving parents and I had a brother and a sister that were both older than me. But, you know, in my journey, something happened early in my life and I could never receive my father's love. And that started from before birth in my mother's womb. I could never receive my father's love. Now, understand, I had talking a good about, father. For clarification, you're talking about your earthly father, correct? Yes. Let me, yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. So yeah. my earthly dad, who was a very kind man, he worked a lot. You know, he um, was never judgmental. I never heard him curse. I never heard him say a bad thing about anybody, but he was very quiet. And um, so I really didn't know my place all the time with my earthly dad. And what happened was I always felt like I was, like I never belonged. And what happened was um, a, a really tough situation happened between the ages of six and eight. Um, someone I really respected and, and looked up to, um, and, and, and granted, I was a very um, sensitive kid, quiet but sensitive, very intuitive. Um, but at, between the ages of six and eight, I had someone that I looked up to and looked at me and said, you should have never been born. You were a mistake. And that was a lie that was spoken over my life. Now, when a lie is spoken over your life, it only becomes real if it's believed. Well, I yep. believed it 100%, and it manifested in my soul. And, and, and along the way, as I you know, grew in age, having a quiet dad, not knowing my place, and, and uh, my, my earthly father, not speaking over me or not telling me who I was or not sharing my value to him, I started to find myself tripping up, not doing well in school. So that kind of confirmed, wow, I'm really, I, I, yeah, I should have never been born. I can't even pass in school. You know, I was a type of person who needed to learn things four, five, six times. I didn't get things right away. So I was a little bit you would consider me a little bit slower to learning. So all these things were like arrows that the enemy was continue to confirm that, yeah, you are worthless. You shouldn't be here. 
you don't belong. You were a mistake. And what happened mm-hmm. was around, I guess, age 12 and 13, I saw, since I had uh, my older brother, older sister, my parents, they, lo- they were very social and they would have parties and this. I saw a lot of drinking and um, at the parties and this. And then I would see fights break out. And I would see someone, and one human being hit another human being, and it broke me. And I would cry. I would run. I would hide myself. I would lock myself indoors. I couldn't take – there was so much going on inside me, and I had no outlet to share because I was just so sensitive to all that. And I looked at drugs and I looked at alcohol and said, I will never, ever touch that stuff in my life. And then as I continue to get older and, and, you know, you go through your years of puberty and growing and trying to find your way and hormonal things are going on and changes are going on. And I was just lost. I had no, foundation. I had, I didn't understand any of my value or worth or significance. And what happened was I felt like I was in, I've never been in a physical jail. Like I've gotten in trouble and I, you know, had to go away and I know, but I was in a jail cell of my own soul where I lived in an area of darkness because I was never, whenever I got around people, I, I felt like I was an outsider. And this was all my life. And at the age of 16, I was hanging out with a friend at his house and his older brother there and thought it would be fun to give us a drink, some Gatorade and some vodka, and to see how, that, how would we would react to that. And by the second one, you know, there's a place in jail that's called the solitary confinement. And I always felt like I was in solitary confinement. And when I had my first drink at the age of 16, I felt like I escaped solitary confinement and I felt free. I felt like I I was not self-conscious. I felt like, man, this is what I've been looking for. Now I know why everybody else drinks. This is life. This is what I need. And I didn't realize that even though I escaped solitary confinement, I was still locked into a bigger jail cell in my soul. It was just more freedom to roam. And by the ages of, um, by 19 and 20, the alcohol started to kind of not work as well. It was that medication or that, it was just not working for me anymore. And so drugs came into my life. And what happened was, because of the drugs and alcohol, I actually was kind of funny and social and people liked to be around me. And I started building my worth around drugs and alcohol because I knew if I would drink or if I would drug, I would go out and do something stupid or silly and people would have fun and laugh and enjoy themselves. And I became, you know, a bit of the life of the party. Um, and what happened was from the ages of 20, to 23, I spiraled so quickly because I couldn't, it, what it would do for me, it started to not operate anymore the same way. And I felt myself going down and down and down. Now understand, I, and to just brought up Catholic, I was brought up with a mom who went to church every Sunday. Um, and I was brought up with my dad who was very kind, but he never went to church. 
he never spoke of God. He never spoke. The only way that me and my earthly dad connected was sports. And that's maybe why I did so well with sports. That was an outlet for me where me and my dad would hang. And I would not even have like affirmation, but I would have just a connection with him. That's where we met. Um, So I had some type of faith in my life, but I really didn't understand the message. And I didn't understand any of the depths of really what Jesus did at the cross and what, who father is and who the Holy spirit is and ignorant to all it. So what happened was I spiraled down from the ages of 20 to 23 and I'll go a little deeper with my story here because when on, on the night of um, November 5th of 1997, um, that was my last night that I um, ever had a drink or drug. And it was a night that I took a drug that nobody knew what it was, me and a friend of mine. And it was the first night ever where I truly wanted to end up killing myself. And not only killing myself, I actually experienced spiritual warfare that I, I, it's clear as day to this day. And what happened was we took these pills and, and, my buddy and he, uh, my buddy and I, we, we, we went back to his house, and he had an apartment in his, his, his parents' basement. And when we went into the parents, um, when we went into the basement, into his apartment, it was all dark. And when he closed the door, it was black, and it was so dark, and like a light bulb went on. And I said, "That's my problem. I'm living in darkness." And I don't want it anymore. And I knew it. I said, I, 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 I can't escape, though. How do I get out of here? I want out. And, I, and it wasn't that I was having a bad trip. I was like, it was amazing that I could even have clarity through what was, what was put in my body. And the next thing I know, I looked. And this little bit of light from the moon came through this tiny little window. And I said, I got to get out. And I felt like there was hope for the first time in my life, but I knew I needed to get out of there. And now my buddy's worried because he's like, you can't drive. And I was like, I got to go home. I got to get home. And then the spiritual warfare went because as I got in the car and as I started to go home, voices came over me and it was so and so disgusting that the voices were saying, push on the gas, floor it. Let's drive this car so fast and let's take your life. Let's end it and get set free. And then all of a sudden, a wave of calm came over me. And I heard a voice that said, get home. Get home. And then all of a sudden, the the demonic forces again and the spirits came upon me. End it now. There's freedom. Let's end it. You are worthless. You have nothing to, to live for. Just take it and go and slam this car. And then all of a sudden, a calm would come over. Get home. Get home. And then the third time, the, the voices floor the car, slam into the tree, take your life. Let's get this done. Let's do it. Let's do it. And it was so strong. And then a calm. And it said, get home. And I came to the stop sign. And I realized at that moment, if I go right, I will take my life and I will just end this mental, spiritual 
demonic twist and life I was in, and or I go left and I go home and I open up that I have something wrong with me. So as I ended up going home at this time, I was married and I had a one-year-old. And when I walked into the door, um, I lived. We lived with my parents. Um, I came up through the downstairs, and I knew I had to go upstairs because I knew my mom would be watching the baby, and um, um, I knew that I needed to admit something to her. So as I went up to speak to her, she looked at me, and she says, "We need to talk." And I said, "I said yes, we do." And I said, listen, I need to talk first. I said, if I don't get help, I have a drug and alcohol problem. If I don't get help, I'm going to kill myself. I can't take it anymore. And it was freedom. It was so freeing to admit that I was struggling. And it was just pure honesty. And to admit that to my mom, who was there just constantly praying for me, you know, knowing I was lost, knowing I was just not keeping up with any responsibilities. I couldn't control it. And um, within two days, I was in a drug and alcohol rehab. Um, and, man, that was, that was just an experience to be with a bunch of guys that had, we had a ton, ton of issues. And we had some good people around us to teach us about what we were struggling with, about a new life, and about what we could achieve if we would learn some simple principles and steps and, 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 and by um, what to do when I got out of, out of, out of the, um, the rehab. And, and, I, and, I, and what happened was I became willing. I became so willing because I was so done with the mental twists and waking up hungover and not knowing it's going to be like, and I, I just couldn't handle responsibility. I couldn't handle life. And all I was trying to do was, was search for value and for significance for my self-worth. I didn't know that that's what my true search was going on. I wanted to felt like, feel like I belonged. And um, through the AA program, which has always been a blessing to me and has uh, my heart is always there I met some wonderful people along the way and in the process and within one year of going to AA and working the program and learning spiritual principles and um, learning about myself, something took to me on the spiritual side. And I was in love with something spiritually that was going on inside of me. I was actually happy and content with who I was. Yet, there was something more that I was searching for. I haven't arrived yet. And so I looked at my mom one day and I said, Mom, I know you brought me up Catholic and I, and I never suggest you say this to a Catholic mom. I said, Mom, I am not Catholic anymore. And I said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I believe in God. But I need him to reveal himself to me. I see what you believe. I see what others believe. And I see a, a, an array of different beliefs. I said, I'm not saying that anybody's wrong. All I'm saying is I just want to know 
who God really is, and I need him to reveal himself to me. And, can, I, can I say something? Right? Yeah. Just, just while you're speaking, and I, and I just, as, as my audience, as the, the body of Christ knows, I often do when, when I have other people on. Sure. Uh, I just try to continue to just be quiet and, and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and guys, for many of you, here's what I'm hearing that's going on in your hearts. Chris is, is, has shared a great portion of his testimony, an overview but a testimony of where he's come from and, and his search for, um, for truth, for being reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Chris isn't done, but here's something that I'm hearing that many of you are asking yourselves. You're saying, I have already received Christ, and yet I'm continuing to experience many of these things that Chris is sharing. And I, I'd like to offer you hope because Chris is going to get into where that joy is found, how we begin to move in that. And this is one of the reasons why the Lord has placed this on Chris's heart is because the body of Christ in many ways continues to feel just as lost, broken, wounded, shattered after we've accepted Christ as we were before. And it's not meant to be that way. We, we were given a new heart, which means we're given the Holy Spirit who abides in our spirit man. And our mind, will, and emotions are meant to be healed and transformed so that we receive what our spirit man knows and communes and has, the life of God. And so for, for many, I'd like to just encourage you to continue to just listen. Let your heart be watered. You can just relax. There is nothing wrong with you that God is not already aware of and doesn't already have a plan in place to, to continue to move you into greater love and reconciliation and intimacy. So I just wanted to share that. Chris, uh, thank you. I, I just felt like the Lord wanted to give that message of encouragement while you're sharing this. Please go ahead. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. So I, I became really serious in, in, in my search for truth and, and who God was and, and wanting a, a revelation of who he was. And he was so faithful to me. He put three people in my life. And these three people... Um, they never preached to me. They never were like religious to me. What happened was they, as I got around them, they had something I wanted. I was, I was, I was getting a taste spirit of God in these people. And it was drawing me drawing me i was thirsting for it and the first girl that i met that that was living this was a new christian and and i said i said there's something so different about you there you have something that i know i'm looking for what is it and all she said was i have a relationship with jesus i get to dance in his grace every single day and i was so intrigued and taken back i was like wow and then, not long after, I was in the hospital because my son needed to get his tonsils out. And there was this lady there and this another experience where I knew she had something that I didn't. And I wanted what she had. And I was bold enough. And there she was. I looked over and she was reading her Bible. And I said, can I ask you why you read that and why you believe that? And she said, I have a relationship with Jesus. She says, I have not known a greater hope, 
a peace and a joy in my life until I invited Jesus in. And I was just like so taken up, so simple. And it was just the spirit of God. And then the third person was my brother here, David, who the spirit is all over him. And there I would be at the gym and I would look at him and, and he was just different. And I wanted to know more. <laughs> and I, and, and, uh, so I reached out to David and, and, and I knew God was calling me and, um, I knew he was answering my prayer. I really wanted a genuine, uh, knowledge and understanding of who God was and did it in such a beautiful way with three beautiful people that were just living out of a relationship with him, you know, and, and what, I started to understand in this relationship I received Jesus and I accepted his invitation to righteousness and he gave me salvation. But what he did me was because Jesus is the, 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 a perfect being who has a perfect relationship with the father, he invites us in to what's already established with him and his father. And he brings us into that. And he gives Chris, us can you, can not you, only that. I, I, Chris, I'm sorry, I don't interrupt. Can you expound on that more? What does that mean that he invites us into what he, with the, what the Father and the Son already have? What, what does that mean? What that means to me, and what I have um, grown into understanding and revelation. You know, in Matthew, you know, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Son came to reveal his relationship that he has in perfect unity that he has with the Father. And then he invites us to join that. He includes us in that relationship and he gives us the Holy Spirit as our counselor, our advocate, the one that teaches us the reality of what a relationship is with God. Does that make sense, David? Or expand yeah, more on that? Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Um, it, it, it's, it's Jesus went to the cross and took the sins of the world upon himself, not holding men's sins against them. And he, and, he, and, he, and he holds out this free gift to say, hey, I created you. <laughs> I know what you're made for, and I want to give it to you. Now come, receive it, and let's, let's, let's join this together. I created the stars, and I created the cosmos. I created everything you see and everything you don't see. Everything is in me and comes from me. Now I created you to share in that glory and to share in our love. Because God, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, their perfect love, their perfect peace, they're perfect in joy, and they're perfect, and then they include us to share in that perfect love. You know, I, it took me a while to really understand this, but, you know, when the best demonstration of the Father's love for us is when I see a young child, a young baby, and the mother or the father has that baby in their arms, and you see how cute the baby is, and what a joy the baby is, and 
we are, we, that, that baby is a great pleasure to us, right? We delight ourselves in that baby. And what does the baby give us? Absolutely nothing. The baby poops. The baby wakes up at night. The baby needs to be fed. The baby cries, right? And then the baby does it again. But the baby doesn't give anything back. Yet, we find so much delight in such a young little baby that we want to eat them up and we want to do goofy things with them and we want to hold them and, and dance with them and sway with them and calm them and feed them and, and do all these beautiful things. And that is the perfect love of God towards us. We can't offer him anything because he's already self-fulfilled. You know, he's already complete in himself. And yet he, he creates us to expand his family, to share his glory with us. You know, Chris, One, while you're sharing, um, what, <clears throat> what I keep uh, hearing perceiving in the spiritual, oh, that's resting upon a lot of uh, the body of Christ that's listening to this, is shame. And what is preventing many of us from receiving the truths that you just shared from the Gospels. And, and when you were sharing, what immediately quickened in my spirit to encourage the body of Christ is uh, John chapter 15, that talks about how the Father and the Son are one, and that when we enter into that union, we become one with them. And yet, we don't experience the love and the joy that the Father and the Son have with each other. Many of us, we haven't even thought about that, that the Father delights in the Son, and that the Son delights in pleasing the Father, and is a pleasure to Him just in their union. Uh, even though the Scriptures are, are replendent with that truth, it doesn't sink in. And one of the things that I just am seeing uh, literally in the realm of spirit is uh, demons of shame attaching onto the body of Christ saying, this doesn't apply to you. Chris, it, it, you come from a background where you have met, especially through the program that the Lord used to bring you to the place of the cross. And I know for many, 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 many years, you continue to pour back into those lost souls through that program what is the common denominator, whether someone is lost or whether someone has received Christ as the redemption of their sins? Uh, what is the common denominator that prevents us from stepping out and casting off those lies? Can you talk a little bit about that? that what, what causes us to prevent us from delighting in the Lord's love for us? Why do we struggle so much with that? You know, that's, a, that's actually a really good question because I've struggled with it for years. I, I always felt shame in my life, you know, and I always felt, again, going back to my early childhood, I always felt like I was an outsider and I always felt like I never belonged. It's taken me years to, and this, this was my process, you know, finding some scriptures, right? And not only finding some scriptures, I found some people that were walking this journey and the love that they have with God and the love that's inside them. And I started to just listen to them and spend time to them. And, and it started to just, I, 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 I can't explain it. It's just started to take root in me. Like this is, this is for me too. You know, the, the Father's delight, I, I took it from the scripture because it says in 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved. Oh, amen. His, amen. You know, it's his love first towards us. 
we can't love well if we don't and haven't received loved what, you know, the love well from our Father. We can really only love to the degree that we know that we're loved. Yet the Father is, before anything else, he wants to love us and saturate us with who we are in Christ. You know, when we have accepted Christ and we accepted his free gift of righteousness, you know, we're no longer blameless. We're blameless. We're purged from sin. We're holy in his sight. We're good. <laughs> Our actions do not um, tell us who we are anymore. That's, that's what we, who we are has been satisfied in Jesus Christ, and that's forever. See, I battled with that because I was like, Lord, how? I, I mess up left and right, and, and I would look at my mess-ups, and God would continue, Chris, it's not about your performance. Your performance means nothing to me. Your performance has nothing to do with your value, with your significance, and your worth. You're loved. And when you allow me to love the core of you, you'll, you'll explode in this world with just a natural love for others. And you know what happened, David? I, when I would sit quietly in my quiet time, and I would say, Lord, let this become a let it become real to me. I want to feel and sense and know that I am loved by you. And I would weep and cry because there was a fight to believe that I was really loved. It took years to finally, like I said, when I say that I'm thick-headed or stubborn, and I am. Like there was there was things in me that were like, Lord, I don't know if I want to trust you with this pain. And then I would release the pain to him, and I would be like, oh, I'm free. I would let it go, and I would start trusting him with this. And I, it just it would start to become real to me that I'm loved, not because of how much I fell today, or not even how much I succeeded today. My love does not change. You know, Chris, the great Billy that Graham. It, that it needs to take. Is it something that should take years and years for us to embrace that the Lord delights in us unconditionally? Well, see, I, I, I turned left in my walk with God, and um, I, I, went, I went and hid for a while um, because I really didn't. I just, I went in my own self, you know, um, and I delayed, I think, the process of what I could have received from, you know, earlier. You know, if I would have, I think a couple of things was, you know, like I said, just a couple, finding a couple brothers, you know, like yourself and then other people that I listen to on YouTube, like, wow, they have a love for, they, they, they you could just feel it and sense it. And they would share things in their walk that I would just start taking to. So. My journey, I feel like, was longer, and I know that because I turned left. Like, I was, you know, I knew I had a relationship with Jesus, but I went some, through some very tough times. Like, when my wife and I got married, right, I was married, I was divorced, and I got remarried. She had a four-year-old. I had a four-year-old. Now they're both turning 22 this year. You know, there was a time and a season that was so stressful and so hard and so attacks left and right in our life and I I closed I closed up and went the opposite direction of of you know taking thoughts and making them cap you know making those thoughts captive and making it obedient to Christ I 
I got beat up along the way, and I think that kind of delayed my process of what God was hoping to get into me a little sooner. But on the other end, he showed me there's no shame or condemnation in him, even to this point, up to this day, because it's taken me maybe longer than than his plan originally that he had for me. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's refreshing, Chris, because, you know, you know, I've always maintained whenever um, I do teaching or whenever I'm counseling or trying to serve corporately or individually someone in their journey, the common denominator that I see, which bears witness to just what you're sharing in your walk, um, and which and it's true of all of us, myself included, is, you know, James one and two says that if we are double-minded, if we have two souls, if we have two belief systems, one where we want to say we're embracing God's truth and another where we're choosing to hold on to our own ideas and the way we want to choose to perceive or believe things, uh, the scriptures say we're not going to get very far. Scriptures say don't expect to get much from God. And it really takes us coming to the end of our, of our old man that we die to. You know, I can't say the end of ourselves, right, because we've been made a new man in Christ. And you and I have just, just talked about that uh, recently. Mm-hmm. But when we say I'm no longer going to choose to identify with myself based upon this dead man that has been redeemed and reconciled and buried, uh, that, you know, that he, we've been come out, we've been baptized, the dead man died, and the new man is, is made new. And I'm going to continue to start to draw upon the new man and start to embrace my new identity. Uh, that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot mm-hmm. of courage. And, and, and some of the absence of the real meat of the word that we see in this hour, and, and I have so many in the body of Christ that reach out and say, you know, David, where is just the teaching? Where is the substance that helps the body of Christ come into maturity? Why is it, why is it about things that, that really don't help us in, our, in learning how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more clearly? Why aren't we being taught things that help us discern the Lord's will, his voice, his love, his nature, moving um, in the gifts of the Spirit for the purpose of ministering the gospel to others? Why is there such a vacancy? And, and the common denominator, you know, Jesus prophesied of this, uh, you know, he said in the end times, the love of many will grow cold. Whenever we begin to reject the gift of righteousness, whenever the body of Christ begins to turn from our identity in Christ, uh, we're going to begin to look to the end times. We're going to begin to look to the rapture, to judgments, to drugs, alcohol, pornography, shopping, Whatever it is, we will turn to other things to fill the void that comes when we don't embrace our identity. And right now, one of the things that we see is the body of Christ is hung up on Christ's return, not because we, we want to see as many of the harvest brought, be brought in. Right? There's, there's very little love and concern for our neighbors or our lost or our relatives, um, maybe, maybe a little bit, but it's really because we want out. We're just beaten and we're mm. broken down, and, and, and we just want to escape. Uh, and so we're asking the Lord to just come. And so those are the reasons why we're drawn to these things that really many times um, they're not nourishing us. They're not bringing us into wholeness. 
and to completeness. So uh, this has really blessed me, Chris, and, and I just wanted to share this thought out there because, again, what I'm hearing from, from those that are listening is where does this fit in with my walk? Where does this fit in? Well, the, the times are short, and well, as in America and the world has turned to so much sin. Guys, wherever the church does not display the light, there will be no void. There is no vacuum in the spirit realm. There's no vacuum in the natural realm. There are no vacuums in the nations or in our cities or states or our towns. Wherever the light of the church is being placed under a bowl, darkness will overtake the lost and will continue to overtake the church until the church says no more. And one of the things that we need to embrace in saying no more is that the Lord delights in me. And until we can begin to confess and say that no matter how much the brokenness of my soul feels, my spirit man will acknowledge I am the Lord's delight. I am the apple of his eye, the center of his affection. And the first thing we need to repent of, guys, is not of dead works. The first thing we need to repent, if we're going to listen to someone talking about repentance, is to repent of the pride and the sin of speaking and seeing ourselves differently than the way the Lord sees us through the righteousness of Christ that he gave us. So anyway, Chris, I, I, I just wanted to share that there and, and, and um, just kind of come alongside of what you're sharing because it really resonates with me. So. No, I love that because, no, no, as, as you were sharing, you know, I, I did write something down and it, and it does, I think, fit at this point. You know, the enemy comes to steal and destroy. I have come that you may have life and not only have life, have it to the full. That full is the full of the fullness of his assurance of his love for us. Right. Whenever, whenever I started to battle with my shame or started to look at myself with hate, I was like, wait, time out, time out. Now I'm, now I'm more clear now I'm a little quicker in my walk. I'm like, wait a second. Uh-uh. The enemy's not taking me out because that is a lie. You know, I can go before men now and not feel like I'm an outsider. I come in and I feel now I belong. I know who I am. My father's got my back. You know, I'm, I'm in him. And, um, but that I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. To have the full, assur- the full assurance of one, we have his righteousness. He's given that. It's a free gift. We can't add to it. We can't take away from it. We are loved. We are accepted. We belong. We are his. And it's, you know, for me, I had to repeat that many, many times. I, I didn't believe it, and I was repeating it until I got it, until I said, wow, I do belong. Wait a second. I am good. You know, I find myself now... You know, I love people not because of any agenda or motive to get someone saved. Like, and, I, and I hope that your listeners don't take that the wrong way. I don't go to love somebody so that I can get them into the kingdom. You know, I love people because they're worthy of love. And I want them to know that they have a friend. And maybe I'm the one that will share Jesus with them. Maybe I'm the one just to be of some support. But I know that today my works don't add to my value. My value is established in him. My value is, is done, complete, 
and I'm loved. So when I go out and do something, I, I, I'm doing it because I really want to see someone know that, hey, you got a friend here. you got someone that cares about you. Whether I ever get a chance to speak about Jesus to you or not, I'm going to help you. You need help with something? You need money? You need this? You need that? I want to be a friend to you and just know that there's somebody that cares about you. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because I think, I think sometimes, and this is, this is me up because of some of the affiliations I was with in my early um, walk with God. Um, you know, when we go back to the scripture, we love him because he first loved us. I think sometimes we put, they use that statement, you put the, uh, the, the, the cart before the horse. And sometimes we get involved with works or I'm doing something and I'm finding myself feeling approved because I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. And that had to be broken because I was starting to feel better about myself because I was doing that. And I was like, well, now there's another lie <laughs> that I had to come back to God with because, and then it was, again, it goes back. We love him because he first loved us. I wasn't really understanding his delight. I didn't have a revelation of his delight. The last time that I, I think it was like 3 a.m., you know, we're going back weeks ago, and the Lord was bringing me into a deeper understanding of that. And here I am, I couldn't sleep, and I didn't know why. And I said, you know what, let me just sit up and pray. And I said, Lord, I just want to sit with you. Thank you for being so good, so faithful to me. Thank you for always being with me. Thank you that I'm in you and you're in me. And whatever you want to show me and reveal to me, I, I know I can't sleep tonight and it's okay. I want to just try to open up in the spirit. And, and then I just said, you know, Lord, sometimes I just don't feel like I, I have really received your delight. And, 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 he go, and, and then quietly I would feel the pain and I would feel my past coming in to say, trying to stop it from and the lie coming in from feeling the presence of God and saying, my son, you're my son. I delight in you just the way that you are. You're mine. I'm excited about you. I love to see life through your eyes. I just love that you are a part of me and I'm a part of you and you're sharing in this with me. Thank you. You know, it was, and it was like a moment and I'm weeping and crying. And I'm like, thought my wife would wake up and she didn't hear anything, which was great because she's a light sleeper. And I'm just having the time of my life with the Lord because I was able to <laughs> not run, not run from it. And I was able to yeah. just, you know, it was a little painful because I had to let go of something. I was like, I'm not going to believe that no more. I'm going to believe you, Father. I'm going to believe you. <laughs> so. so, Chris, you know, we have, we have a couple of minutes here before we have to close up. I have to get you back on here again soon because there's so much we can talk about and so many tangents of the Father's heart that we can get into from this. We're really just starting uh, laying a, just a, a broad uh, foundation here of what you're talking about. But you've already, you've already said it and done it through your expression. But can you sum up then for the body of Christ that's listening how they can begin to practice um, the discipline and renewing their mind of accepting that, that Father delights in them, that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit delights in them. Can you give them a couple of things that we can take away and we can meditate on? Oh, I, I, absolutely. I mean, what I can just share is really what I've, you know, done and experienced. And, 
it's it's those simple things of just finding, you know, maybe a couple scriptures that I can repeat to myself. And not only repeat to myself in the morning, maybe repeat to myself multiple times in a day, like maybe a flashcard or something, so I can just continue to renew my mind in maybe we love him because he first loved us. Lord, let me let you love me today. Let me let you love me today. And, you know, I usually just try to start. I'm not perfect at it, but I really try to start my day before everything gets going to just try to sit quietly. And I noticed that my re- I, I try to do a little bit of reading, but I also really try to just kind of sit quietly without anything without any distraction, without my phone around, because that becomes a distraction. And without, before I go to work and before that gets all noisy, just to try to take a few minutes and just speak over myself and, and speak truth and, and, thank, and say, thank you, Lord. You know, I, I, I believe, <laughs> I believe you love me. And I believe you want to show me a deeper intimacy with you. Help me receive it. Help me just sit here. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I I was just trying to say, you make it sound simple. Is it that simple? Well, all I I can share with you is what I did. I complicated it for years, and I've narrowed it to something a little bit simpler. And this simple little thing that I've been doing, I've been finding the presence of God greater than I've ever have before in my life. And I, and it's not like I'm spending hours in prayer. It's just a few minutes of just a, a getting away from the noise, getting away from everything, and then just speaking truths over my life, you know? And as I speak them, it's like the, you feel like the, the spirit that's already in us is awakening. It's already awake. I'm just now <laughs> realizing it. it's there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're here with me. You know, thank you that you... You go before me. Thank you that you see the end from the beginning. Thank you that I can trust you. You're with me. You never leave me. You'll never forsake me. Thank you that I can trust you with everything that goes on in my life today. Help me just rest with you. Help me relax in you. Help me enjoy you. And help me allow you to enjoy me. Let me, let me go into that realm. And let me just open up to your spirit. You're living inside of me. It took me years, David, to really understand. You know, when you spoke of John 15, it says, you know, I'm in you and you are in me. <laughs> We're in each other. <laughs> He's living in me. We don't ask God to be with us. He's already living in us. I'm asking God to help me become aware of that wonderful love of his presence inside of me. And when I just do speaking positive over my life. Right, and then just kind of just sitting quietly. The big thing for me, I'm easily distracted, and so when I can take that few minutes and just be quiet, I'm I'm starting to hear and sense and know His presence and His love in in greater ways. And that and and I and and I think that's a byproduct of why I have more of a desire to start stepping out with my message because I'm like, Lord. This is wonderful. You're so good. Well, I want I yeah. want people to know it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want to hide this anymore. You're good. You're faithful. You've never not 
taken care of me. You've never not supplied for me. You've never not met any of my needs. <laughs> You're good, and I can trust you. And, and the process is different for different people, right? I mean, sometimes it just, it just could be different for different people. It could be a longer process. It could be a slower process. But I've learned these couple little simple things I'm doing in the mornings really helping me before the noise gets going. And then, and then sometimes I actually, you know, I sleep in and I don't get, and I get up late and then I get going and then I try to stop myself sometime in midday before, you know, because it's a lot, this world is very busy. There's a lot of responsibility, um, whether it's kids or whether it's work, whether it's, you know, somebody that needs a helping hand and I want to be there for all people. I still know I need just that just that quiet away from everything else so that I could just get refreshed in him, you know? So that's fantastic. But I think boy, this is such a <laughs> blessing. This really, really, really ministered to my heart. And uh, thank you so much. I mean, we're just coming up on an hour. So, um, you know, we're going to close this out tonight, but Chris, I got to get you on here again. We have so many things to cover. Uh, there's so many things that I know the Lord has inside of you to minister and teach and help the body of Christ. So we got to get you back on here soon. Dorothy, you have any problem with uh, Chris coming back on here again soon? Absolutely not. You know who I am about the teachers. <laughs> They're coming. You know, she, I got. The I, got are... I have a little favor. I have a little favor with Dorothy now that we're both from Connecticut. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, Chris, thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, Dorothy, uh, before I, I, I sign off and, and bid the body of Christ a pleasant good night, weekend, and week to come, uh, are there any questions in the queue? Any, anyone has dialed in? Uh, no, and using the tablet, I can't open the chat room, so we're a little blind there. But I do seem to remember a scripture that says we are created for his pleasure, and I can't find it, of course, but I know it's in there somewhere. Do you know where that I is? I like to say I know where that is cold, but I do not. I do yeah, not. We can that. reference that next time we get back on the air. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a work involved, uh, guys. Um, you know, for, for brothers and sisters, there, there's a work. Everything that we do, it takes work. Every single thing you point to, any hobby, any discipline, any practice, or anything we do requires work. Uh, Chris mentioned flashcards, three-by-five cards, whatever. I am a huge advocate on those. I've been using them since I'm about, I don't know, 10 years old. Uh, And, I mean, I carry them around for over 10 years. In fact, just last week I broke back out some of my flashcards uh, that dealt with specific areas of the kingdom of God that I want to engage in more effectively. And so I wrote down the scriptures that ministered to me, and I am speaking them over myself and coming into agreement with God's word, his declaration. And um, for those of you that, you know, guys, there are no counterfeit $3 bills. And the reason why there's no counterfeit $3 bills is because there's no genuine. Right? It's the same thing in the realm of the spirit. Satan counterfeits the legitimate. So when we talk about confession and declaring over yourselves, where Satan, like every other truth of the kingdom, he consistently gets us to reject the truth by introducing a counterfeit. 
If we can get us to stop using $20 bills because they're counterfeited and we start to get afraid, well, I don't want to exchange $20 bills. What if I get a counterfeit? Imagine if we applied that principle to every type of paper currency. Well, guess what we're left with? Poverty. And that's what the body of Christ has been very successful in doing. We have impoverished ourselves on the truths of God's kingdom because we're afraid of what happens if this is a counterfeit. So why am I saying that? Because when I talk of confession, which the scriptures say, Jesus is the high priest and the author of our faith. He is our confession. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony is Jesus Christ. That is confession. Mark 11:23 says three times, whatever you declare, believing it will be given to you. John 15, 17 says, if your words abide me and, and I abide you, you shall have whatever you ask, right? There, there are biblical principles here that are not the counterfeit that we have to stop forfeiting because the cost of forfeiting uh, in the natural realm of a currency is, is physical poverty. We try to find substitutes that don't work. We have to engage the currency of this realm. There is principles and laws of the spirit realm that we have to come into agreement with God in order to successfully begin engaging them. And one of them is coming into agreement with God's truth and declaring them over yourselves. The scriptures make it very clear that life and death are in the tongue. Therefore, choose life, Joshua said. Life and death is in the tongue. Therefore, I bid you this day, choose life that it may go well with you. So, speaking out loud the truth of what God says about you over yourself right, is biblical and it is necessary. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we must take every thought captive. We must declare all things are yes and amen in Christ. And if we do not do that over ourselves, then we are declaring the lies of the enemy. For those of us that are afraid of, you know, word of faith or the the name it and claim it, all right, guys, so that's crap. Enough, enough, be done with it. We have to stop exalting the counterfeit and begin saying, where is the truth amidst all these ditches of excessiveness? And if we are not declaring truth over ourselves, we are declaring lies over ourselves. There are no vacuums in the realm of the spirit. There are no vacuums in our soul. That's why James 1 says a double-minded or two-souled man should not expect to receive much from the kingdom. And the reason why I'm kind of being passionate about this, guys, is because that's the crossroads the body of Christ is, is at in 2018. We are at a crossroads. It began before 2018. We are smack dab in the middle, a stall truck, the body of Christ, that the Lord is looking to nudge us forward and saying, this is the path of life, walk ye in it. And it starts by declaring what is true about ourselves according to the word of God taken in context, and it starts with our identity. So we either believe what Satan says about ourselves, and we can hear that in the way we think, in the way we speak, and we can decide whether we're going to believe God's word is true about ourselves, and it comes down to how we think and how we speak. So, guys, again, just, uh, you know, I, I am fully confident the body of Christ in this hour is capable of moving into full maturity. It is your destiny and birthright. I am fully confident and convinced that the errors of the doctrines that are are coming out in this hour will begin to be more and more exposed, and they will be less and less of a draw upon the hearts and minds of the church that is hungry 
for intimacy and for knowing they are delight, a delight in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. So just, just more food for thought there. And um, I guess we'll close out with that. Chris, thank you as always. I love you, brother. I love you more than words can say. I'm looking forward to us getting together back on the air again. Thank you for all that you shared and for your transparency. No, it's been such a pleasure. I really thank you for the invitation. Um, and oh, just really, really appreciative. Thank you, David, so much. You get it, brother. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for taking. I know how busy uh, your life is, and <clears throat> excuse me, you have a lot going on. So, so thank you for taking the time to serve the body and, and to minister to me as well. And Dorothy, I will speak with you soon. Thank you. We can cue that lovely cello. What do they call it? An extra? I always mix that up. Outro. We're going out. Outro. In and out. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Good night, guys. This has been Zeal Fear House. I'm David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We were hoping that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D-W-M-U-R-R-Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your heavenly dad loves you deeply. Thank you.